Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together out loud, chapter by chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 5 today. This is a chapter that, again, we've kind of seen this where the, they kind of pair off, it seems like, in 1 Corinthians. It really goes uh, with the following, chapter 6. But overall, um, the, the theme is not even necessarily sexual immorality per se, but uh, kind of more this idea of judging inside the church. Um, and, and, and today we get this really interesting line that Paul says, you know, like, hey, what, what, what business do I have judging people outside the church? Um, it's inside the church. And, and delivering one over to Satan is the phrase that he uses, right? So th- this is, uh, I think, stuff that seems difficult from our perspective what does it mean to be judging people inside the church and, um, you know, to be sending people out to Satan? What, what's going on with that? Um, it, it's, I think, a teaching that we can't dismiss and just kind of put in a box here. I think there's there's a lot that we need to be called to repentance for. Uh, on the other hand, we don't take a naive reading here and just say, like, we're just, you know, oh, it just means, you know, kick them out to the curb. So we have some good stuff to be talking about today. And uh, joining us today, we have one of our good regular guests here. We've got Pastor John Lekomsky, uh from Southern Illinois, though I, I feel like I'm never quite sure what state he's he's uh, he's in these days. I feel like no, he's probably up in up in the uh, like lower lower Canada, I think you know. Uh, but <laughs> host of Wrestling with the Basics on Saturdays on KFUO nine a.m. Central Time. Good morning, brother. Good to have you back with us. Yeah. Yeah, and yes, we're still up north. What once you get through with all the heat down there around the St. Louis area, we'll we'll come back down south. But uh, we're reverse snowbirds. We try to get away from all the heat very, and the humidity. Right. Um, very good. But very again, good. we don't but stay yeah, up here. Yeah, first Corinthians five here. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and it's interesting. I I I liked your phrase, "kick him to the curb." <laughs> yeah, it's maybe yeah. a little more than that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. It's um, yeah. It, it's not just like well, we just get rid of these these people, right? And yeah. then, you know, good riddance, and that's the end of it, right? There, there's more. There's more to it, but um, but e- but even still, I, I feel like you know, there's this. I don't know. There's. I, I feel like I, r- I run into this this danger that I observe kind of kind of frequently, which is that you, you just get. I guess I don't know what we get like so nuanced or something that we like explain away the hard parts of the Bible. So it's like in the end, we're like, so see, it's like there's just so many nuances. And then like the overall effect is like, so we really don't have to do this. Right. And like, I don't I really don't want to go there because I I do think this is actually one of the parts of Scripture that is just wrongly overlooked um, in favor of um, different a different set of values. Well, so, so what we have here, I, I guess, is kind of one of the sadist doctrine, you know, one of the, the seeds of the doctrine, one of the foundations of a teaching and a practice of what we call church discipline. Um, and and right. so I would, I would deal with this every time I had adult instruction, because that was certainly part of our adult instruction going on uh, with the office of the keys. That's the technical term, you know, the locking or the unlocking of the doors of heaven. And I, I remember teaching people uh, and, and saying, you know, we've never done that to my knowledge in my congregation, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's, there are things that we, yeah. we probably should have done, people we actually lost to the church because we did not step up and do that, uh, situations yeah. where people were unfaithful and we just kind of stood by the sidelines and just 
said, well, yeah, that's that's going on. We know what's going on, but we didn't address it. And, and as a result, we lost both the husband and the wife. So you're, you're absolutely right. This is a very clear teaching of the scripture, and uh, it, 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 we need to be doing more of it. Although you're also absolutely right, AJ, that we need to do it with the heart uh, that is indicated here by Paul. And, and, and that's, I think, part of the key thing of this text. He gives us, he gives us both the reason why we do church discipline and, and the heart and motive we should have when we do church discipline. So let's do it. Let's do it more, but let's do it the way it should be done, as Paul indicates. Uh, appreciate that, brother. It's, it's very well said and balanced. I think that uh, particularly bringing out that no one, no one likes to to talk or, or think about church discipline. I, I mean, it, it's like the, the very last thing we read in chapter four, right, where, where Paul says, well, shall I come to you with a rod? Or with the spirit yeah. of gentleness, right? I mean, he, he yeah. doesn't want to come with the rod, right? I mean, so I mean, if you're if you're using it right, so to speak, uh, you you don't want to use it. Um, how, however, you're you're right that when when you don't, right, it you end up actually losing more um, and not losing less, you know. And, and so we we hold off, right, and we say like, oh, church discipline, and like, oh, it's gonna be like a mess, and you know, there, there's like a family that that's threatening to leave if we do this, right? But but like you were saying, like you, you, you actually can lose more than just what you think you're going to lose, um, big picture wise. But we, I, th I think we'll have a, a good chance to get into that. Some really, really good stuff today, uh, as applicable as ever. But before we turn to the text, would you open us up with a prayer? Uh, uh, Lord, we, we always need your help whenever we read scripture. There, there's nothing here that is so plain and simple that our sinful minds cannot totally distort it. But particularly on a rather difficult subject, uh, the subject of church discipline, we do need your guidance and the insight of your Holy Spirit. So help us to read these words and to take them to heart and to apply them in our own lives and certainly to apply them to the lives of our parishes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, anything else that we ought to be, I mean, I think we've, we've kind of introduced it pretty well, but anything else we ought to think about before we read it through? Well, I, I think the one thing that we need to note is, so the issue here, is, as you said, it's not just sexual immorality, right? But, but and it's not just church discipline. The the word that he uses repeatedly, and, and since you referred us back to chapter four, I just took a quick page back there. Is yeah. this word? Well, it's translated arrogant here. Uh, all, oh, all the, yeah. the Greek word is just this beautiful word that we even have the concept, the same kind of picture in, in, in English, which I think there must be something to this picture of if the Greeks had it and we still have it, this idea of being puffed up. Uh, yeah. Because I, I think that plays a big ro uh, role in why we don't do church discipline. And I think it also is a very important thing to consider when we do church discipline. Because pride, I think, has a big part uh, in, in this. So I, I, that's kind of underlying. Every, and, and in fact, he loves that word puffed up, doesn't he? I think he uses it eight times in this yeah. book of First Corinthians. So apparently that was a big problem amongst the Corinthians church and probably is also a big problem amongst us as well. <laughs> so anyway, that's yeah. the, the comment I'd make. You know that that's that's uh that's that's really good. I, I like uh, we're we're gonna want to talk about that. That's um yeah that that, that is that is a very key word for Paul and in all of this, we've seen that I mean from the beginning of First Corinthians the 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 contrast between humility, divisive, um, uh, pride and arrogance right and and then this kind of welcoming 
accepting, um, loving humility. Like on, on, so this is kind of the thing that occurs throughout, um, which is going to kind of play out in an ironic way <laughs> um, in this one. But yeah, but yeah thanks for we'll, – we'll, we'll definitely spend some good time on that. All right, so let's go ahead. Without any further ado, we've got 1 Corinthians chapter 5 here, English Standard Version from the top. It's actually reported that there's sexual immorality among you, and of a kind that's not tolerated even among pagans, for a man has his father's wife, and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from you. For though absent in body, I am present in spirit, and as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. When you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus, and my spirit is present with the power of our Lord Jesus, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let's therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world, or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters, since then you'd need to go out of the world. But no, I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater or a vile or a drunker or a swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's good that we only have 13 verses here. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. Just so, there's so much to talk about. Um, and then just yeah, there, there on the end, you get an Old Testament quote even, actually. Um, it, it's actually, I think, kind of surprising in some ways to me how much Old Testament is in this chapter. That, and, and not even in the ways that you would, you would think. I mean, all this whole thing about the, the leaven, right? Leavening and the, the unleavened yeah. and all this, right? It, this kind of like spiritual application of the the feast of unleavened bread connected to Passover that we spent some time talking about in Exodus, right? So it's really interesting that Paul would go and take you know, a, you know a, ancient Hebrew festivals for one thousand, Alex. He, he like takes that and he <laughs> applies it to contemporary church parish life and situations, right? I mean, this is a I mean, I think that already is fascinating by itself. You know, like hey, maybe all that stuff and Exodus and Leviticus is actually way more practical than we thought it was, uh, but 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 yeah. So I think I think kind of that, and then as you were saying, this this uh, this idea of pride, um, you know, like and, and the way he emphasizes it, you guys are actually proud of this. Uh, this is uh, this is key, I think. Yeah. So 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 a couple of things, AJ. First of all. I, I really like the fact you, you bring up again the, the use of the Old Testament here. One of the last things I did before retirement is we did a Bible study on the book of Romans. 
Uh, and, and when we were done, I realized Paul is an Old Testament professor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know why I never noticed that before, but but the whole of Romans is actually a, a lecture on the book of, of Genesis and Exodus and all of the Pentateuch about this, this is what, what comes from the Old Testament, this faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Yeah. And, and you're right, the same thing here. For Paul, the whole of the Old Testament is just all about Jesus Christ. He is the reality. Everything else is a shadow, he says. So I, I appreciate that insight from you because that, that, that didn't come until the end of my ministry that I realized that really when you read Paul, you're reading an Old Testament professor. That's what you're listening to. <laughs> But now yeah. here's the thing, because here's the thing I want to ask you about the pride thing. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So why are they proud? What, what's your take on that? What, what does he mean when it says you are arrogant? What are they yeah. proud about? Yeah, uh, I, I think if we put it in contemporary language, they're proud that they're so open-minded and uh, forward-thinking and progressive and accepting. <laughs> right? Like, um, I, I think that kind of in their own context, the way you might talk about this is that they they got this advanced teaching from Apollos, which included this stuff about idols, right? And we're going to get that yes. later and, and meet sacrifice to idols. And so there was this thought, right, which is which Paul's going to end up agreeing with on a certain level that says, okay, yeah, it's true. Um, all those, you know, idols out there like Zeus and Artemis and whatever, they're not real gods. And so, yeah, no, it's true. If it's sacrificed to them, whatever, it's meaningless. And so I think they took that that idea, like, oh well, it's you know we we know the truth, we we you know we know the 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 resurrected Lord Jesus Christ, so it's nothing. And so I think they took that logic and they applied it to this, and they were like, you know what, it, does, it doesn't matter, like, it doesn't matter what you outwardly physically do, it doesn't it doesn't matter if you you know if if, if uh, you know just because these people are are related indirectly, I mean that that doesn't matter. What matters is the spirit behind it. And so I think that they kind of just took that idea of spirit over over body and kind of just ran with it and uh yeah, i mean they let, their, they let their pride run away with it that that's my take what do you what are you thinking so 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 that that's the way i've always understood it too aj uh, that this is kind of a, a a liberal pride look how look how tolerant we are look how we understand things better than other people understand it but I was reading, I was reading a, a, a sermon by Saint Chrysostom on this a homily, actually, on this thing, and and that's basically what Saint Chrysostom is saying. But yeah. then there was a footnote from from Saint Augustine, and so I checked mm. out this footnote, and I was surprised to see Augustine's take is 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 that they're proud because they know this is a sin, but we're not committing that sin. And, you know, we've got this one guy committing the sin, but most of us are really, really decent people. That's what we're proud of. What a good church we are, that we only have this one little well, we have one. sin going on. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, that was interesting, uh. too. So I thought I'd just share that with you because I, well, boy, I've never thought of it. Although that would fit into the further phrase about the little leaven. So that maybe, maybe if that's their thought, mm. that we just got this little sin. And Paul said, no, that's still a big problem. So I don't know, but I thought, well, uh, it's a different way of looking at it. Um, yeah. And and to yeah. be honest with you, I, I've encountered much more of that than than the other. But then that's because I, I, I come from a conservative church, maybe in a more liberal church, the, the other problem would be present. But I, I've seldom seen people 
that that uh, you know this we're so tolerant of sin but i have seen plenty of people in the church that look at that terrible thing that guy's doing but thank god i'm not doing that <laughs> yeah so, yeah okay so well that's that's know. really interesting i appreciate you sharing that with uh from from augustine there i'm not i'm not sure i had read that from him before i mean that's uh i i think you're right that you can kind of see how i mean i think of a modern church situation today how you could have people that could be either way like that, right? Like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just it's just one. I mean, it's like, oh, well, I mean, you know, and, and we kind of do this, like, sweep it under the rug thing. And we do that, like, all the time, especially in, as you were kind of saying, like, the more, like, conservative congregations, right? We're just like, oh, well, you know, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. And we just, and we, like, there's all these kinds of, uh, I don't know, ways that we, this hand-waving, right? And it's just, like, yeah, well, it's, oh, yes. it's not yeah. that big, yeah. you know? Um but so, and that does kind of make sense with the with the comment about the about the leaven. I uh, I, I do think though that that I think Chrysostom though I, I think is the is the way that we want to go. And there's there's a few reasons for that. Uh, we should we should start just from the top though. So like in verse one, right? Um, there's this. It's this interesting construction, right? Like where where he says. You know, it's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, um, and, and then he and he talks about it like and of a kind, right? That's yes. not even uh, tolerated among pagans, and and I think that this uh, this idea here is that I mean, first of all, right? Like it's actually reported. Um, I I, th I think he's he's trying to say like what seriously like why am i hearing about this i, I mean like I, almost to the extent of like you know th this stuff right that is bad and shameful and uh people tend to be discreet about if it's happening like i know about this and like this is the thing that's being reported um and, and you get this word actually and, and so I, I feel like paul's thrust is how can how can this be there shouldn't be any of this and and then when he emphasizes it's the kind right like that that's what makes me think just from the beginning that it's like uh, the idea is that they've gone so far that that, that they're that they're proud because they, they they've they're doing this really kind of like edgy avant-garde thing right and, and and paul's like why would you be proud of that even the pagans have enough sense to know that that's not a good idea well, and this this whole this word actually, uh, in, in Luther's uh, German translation, he translates it as commonly, commonly known, which which emphasizes what you're saying. Like this is a thing that people normally hide. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yet this is well known. Everyone knows that this is what you guys are tolerating. So you're right. It certainly is an emphasis to how just Paul's just beside himself. How can you be doing this? Yeah. 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 So, so I mean, like you, you have you have that, and then um, just like the, the way that he um, actually sets up the sentence, like in Greek, if you look at it, it's it's like actually is is heard among you sexual immorality, right? So, like what, when yeah. he puts that last, I, I think he's um, combined with the other thing. All his language is talking about the, it's a category. Like, why is this category going on? This is not the right kind of category, and, and and I think that this idea of category is helpful because when you, when you go down to um, what what follows, when it comes down to like so we're going to skip over this part, but we're going to we'll come back and take a look at it in a second. Um, but yeah, when when he's talking about yeah in verse nine, 
right? And we'll want to talk about um, some of the stuff behind this too. But so this is another this reference that we finally get that this is not First um, Corinthians. This is at least Second Corinthians. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> they, they've yeah. been, there's this there's this relationship, and we talked last time on chapter four about this. You know, this relationship seems to be extensive. Um, but so he says, I wrote you in my other letter. Uh, not to associate with sexually immoral people. And he clarifies this, and he goes on and lists all this stuff then, right? Um, sexually immor- immoral, greedy, swindlers, idolaters. And he, so he's saying, like, look, those, these, these are categories of people that are not Christians. Like, I mean, like, th- this, is, th- this is not us. This is not who we are. Um, I'm, re- I'm reminded of something my, 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 grandma, my grandmother used to say um, when, when she would— uh, when something really bad was happening in the family— um, she, she would like, uh, whether it was one of her children or someone, uh, relative, she would say, but we don't do that. Right. I mean, I mean, so that, <laughs> exactly. that, 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 that idea, exactly. right. Like that, yeah, that's, yeah. whoa, 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 hang on a second. That's, that's not, that's not us. So I, I think that that's this idea of category. It's like, hang on a second. Like, yes, Christians, uh, we, we mess up and we do, we, we sin and we, 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 we don't live up to the standards of God. But that's one thing. This other, like, whoa, hang on, we're just adopting this lifestyle and celebrating it. Like that, no, that is not what we do. Well, and and, and so it's really you're right. It, it he's really emphasizing that because everywhere else, it's like you know we we used to be Gentiles, but we're not Gentiles anymore. We don't we don't behave that way. And, and here it's like, like, well, here's something that even Gentiles would not tolerate and, and you're tolerating. So you're absolutely right. It's a very, very powerful opening verse that whatever you're doing here, it just even Paul can't believe it. <laughs> and then to be proud about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so and so that I think is um, something that you're you pointing out there that this this word that you get. And uh, I mean, it's interesting. So the. So I, I think, right, it, it, because it has been traditionally translated uh, puffed up, and I think it's yes. translated that way elsewhere, right? Like I think yes, um, it is in, in the ESV. Yeah, like in, in a chapter eight, we're going to get this knowledge puffs up, um, and so we get it translated there. Um, and then in the previous chapter, uh, in chapter four, verse six, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one another. Um, I fluctuate between thinking like, oh, that's a good metaphor. And like, that just kind of sounds funny, but, um, but, <laughs> but, but like, I think that because, um, because I mean, cause literally it comes from that way. Even, even the word in Greek kind of sounds like that. It's like, pusio, all right. It's like, you can, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, like literally like puffing up, but, yeah, um, almost, almost on a, on, on a there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think there's something to that, but so, yeah, but so I, I think it, they, because it's that way, they want to translate it as um, arrogant here. But I, I think the idea is it's like, you know, like, like uh, you kind of picture someone like sticking their chest out a little bit and, and like walking around like, yeah, hey, look, look what we have. We we have we even have one of these in our congregation. We're so <laughs> open minded. Like, I mean, I mean, it's I mean, really, it's like, you know, you're so woke. Right. I mean, it's like, yeah. look at you guys. Right. Like, oh, you're the woke church. Um, I, yeah, I, I think that that's, it's really kind of crazy how analogous that is to our own situation. You, you know, you know, the thing is, and again, you're, you're the linguist. So, so I'll, I'll tread on, uh, lightly on the ground here. Uh, it's always in the passive. This, this word is yeah. always in the passive, 
which yeah. which of course maybe it's simply one of those words that has an active sense but it has a passive form i i understand that but i also wonder if it isn't in the passive because you know who's at the heart of, of this puffed up nuts who's who's at the heart of being proud it's it's always the devil isn't he He's the one mm. that, that causes this, uh, you know, challenges this, tempts this. It wasn't that what he did to Adam and Eve. You guys really, you're not smart enough. Right? Don't you want to be like God? <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool mm. if you were like God? So here, just eat this fruit. That, that'll do it for you. So I don't know. I, I, I just thought I'd throw that out, too, that it's, it's always in the passive form. Uh, and that, I'm not quite sure why that is. Yeah. That is, is pretty interesting. Let's, uh, let's talk about that when we get back from the break. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Is it that time already? Yeah, it's that time, everybody. <laughs> but hang on, everybody. We'll, we'll get back to that. And we just got some questions over email we'll turn to in a minute on Thy Strong. We're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Todd Wilkin, inviting you to join us for Issues Etc. weekday afternoons from 3 to 5. Issues Etc. is a live call-in show with a two-fold purpose. We defend and teach the truths rediscovered during the Reformation, grace, faith, scripture, and Christ alone, and we challenge today's postmodern culture with its unbiblical ideology. Issues Etc. live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. On this Tuesday, August 11th, 2020, KFUO Radio thanks our day sponsors, Sumner and Sylvia Hunnewell of Arnold, Missouri, as they give thanks for the blessing of friendship. Sumner and Sylvia made a gift to KFUO Radio in honor and in memory of their dear friend, Sarah Louise Johnson of Jacksonville, Illinois, who is now in her heavenly home. Thank you, Sumner and Sylvia Hunnewell, for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO Day Sponsors. Here is what our listeners are saying about KFUO Radio. It's like we Bible-believing Christians have our own special uh, event. I love that. Wish the whole world could belong to Jesus. I really appreciate this, and I'm enjoying it very, very much. To leave a message on the KFUO comment line, call 314-996-1542. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Worldwide KFUO. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 5 today. A lot of challenging, really interesting stuff here, but I think really helpful stuff is the conversation that, you know, this is, this is all guidance that, that Father Paul right, is giving his children in the faith, and it's for their sake to help them. And, um, well, just like Pastor Lukomsky was saying, I mean, it's stuff that, that we that we get wrong that we and that we fail to do um, to our own detriment really in the end so a, a lot of stuff that is important um, for us to be thinking about today see if you have a question or a comment for us this is a great opportunity give us a call if you're listening live 1-800-730-2727 or if you're in st louis 314-821-0850 you can also send an email to kfuo at kfuo.com 
org. And we got some email questions I'll be turning to in just a couple of minutes here. Uh, you can also hop on the live stream, facebook.com slash AJ Espinosa. We're joined by our guest here, Pastor John Lekumski from Southern Illinois. He's also co-host of Wrestling with the Basics on KFUO, 9 o'clock Central Time, Saturdays. Oh, and I don't want to neglect this, speaking of... Uh, all the good people who make this happen, besides our excellent guests. We have the Lutheran Heritage Foundation to thank their website, lhfmissions.org. Thank you guys for underwriting thy strong word. So, John, you, before the break, you were asking uh, or pointing out a good feature here that it's this um, the passive form of, of puffed up, right? Um, and, 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 and AJ, just real quick, excuse me. I realized oh. I fell into code. <laughs> I was oh. using code. So, so I, I, we need to clarify that, that there are some words, uh, uh, action words that are in the active and, and the idea is you're doing it, you're doing it. And yeah. then we have a different form of that word in the passive, which means, well, this is actually being done to you. So that's the irony here. You would think of being puffed up and being proud would be an active thing. It's the things we do. But for some reason, this particular word is always in the passive. And maybe, like I said, maybe it's just, in this particular case, the form doesn't make any difference. Although my thought is maybe it's also a reminder that at the heart of all pride is the devil who's constantly saying, wouldn't you want to be yeah. more than what you are? Just have some of this fruit. Wouldn't you want to know what God knows? And you have yeah. that kind of here, don't you? That we know what God knows. And this is really no big problem. So uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, no, that, I mean, I think I, I think that's a really excellent question. Um, I, I think that one of the things you know you, you mentioned, you kind of just kind of breaking it down for our, our listeners here, um, not to like make it like even more complicated, but the, the the thing is in Greek, like there's not a really strong distinction between the the so-called middle and the passive, right? Like you were mentioning, like you yeah. know, active is like you know someone's doing this, and then passive is like they've had it done to them. But then there's this middle that's in between where it's like they might be doing it to themselves or they just might kind of be that way, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and the thing is, in, in Greek, there's not a strong distinction between the middle and the passive. Um, and this, if I'm looking at it the right way, I, I think is another example of that where there really isn't a strong distinction between um, what would be like a middle or a passive. And, and so it's kind of like it could just be they, they're just this way as opposed to they're doing this to somebody else. Um, so it, it might not necessarily imply anything about like who did it to them, but certainly though the idea that um, something has happened, right? So that th this is, this is what's going on now. And, and uh, I mean, of course, what's interesting, you bring up Satan, right? And, uh, well, Paul brings up Satan later. Yes, yes. Uh, because, because what he does say, right, is it, so this is interesting. You're supposed to turn the guy over to Satan, right? And what, you know, what does, what does that mean? Okay, uh, maybe, maybe this is as good a time as any to, to figure out how does Satan fit into all this. And, and ironically, he, he fits into it as a, an agent of an agent of good and repentance. I mean, this is this is one of these instances where it's, it's like, yes, this is God's pet Satan um, who serves his purposes and does his will. I mean, th this is very interesting because when you bring up Satan um, here, it, you know, he doesn't say like, ah, oh, you know, Satan has, you know, infiltrated you and has done all this stuff. 
Um, but what does he say in verse 5? You are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. I mean, that's, that's really interesting uh, what we were saying. This is done lovingly, this uh, church discipline, right? So this kind of, I think, raises the question, you know, how is this supposed to function? Is, is this shunning? Is this ostra, uh, ostracizing? Is this excommunication? This is kind of the, one of the email questions that we had. Like, what, what exactly is this? Is this effective? What's the purpose? What, what's going on with this? So, so, so you've got, the, as far as the shunning, you do have the word we've got in verse 2, let him who has done this be removed from you. Yeah. So certainly that's part of it. You're, you're going to be excluding him. Uh, usually the way we practice it, we exclude them from the Lord's Supper. I mean, if they want to come to worship, that's okay. We can't keep anybody from coming to church uh, per se, but, but no, they're no longer welcome at the, at the communion table. And you kind of get that here too. Paul talks about that later on, you know, that you shouldn't be eating, eating with them. Um, uh, but, but you're right. It's, it's much more than that because this is an active word. Again, this, this, it's not just that we give him up to Satan, but we literally take him and present him to Satan. We deliver him to Satan. Um, although, see, that's the key thing. It's not because we want him to be sent to hell. In fact, mm -hmm. isn't that interesting? Later on in the text, it's God who judges. Yeah, God makes all those final determinants. We're not giving him to Satan so that he'll go to hell, but we're giving him to Satan so that he'll realize how terrible his situation is, what, what his final destiny will be if he doesn't repent. And that's the idea, that he will then repent and he will be saved. And in fact, that's what happens with this guy. Uh, if we would move on uh, to 2 Corinthians, the guy does repent. And then they, then they don't take him back into the church. I don't know. The current <laughs> church was really just messed up. Yeah. Uh, well yeah, just but, yeah, but, I know this. This is one of those things, right, where it's uh, you can lay it all out in theory, but then actually practicing it is yeah, a challenge. Yeah. Uh, which goes back to the word that we skipped over. That we we mustn't skip over is that what is their response to this sin that is amongst them? And I think it's really striking. They are to mourn, which is the yeah. word that is used of when someone dies. So it's yeah. not that you're angry. It's not that you're full of righteousness. We've got to get rid of this evil, wicked person. But it's that you're really, really sad. Yeah. That this has happened yeah. to a brother. This has right. happened to you in your church. Yeah. Well, well, no, no. I mean, and then so in the next chapter, we're really going to get into that. Because when he's, when he's breaking this down and talking about disputes in the church and, and what this judging is, the the reason right where i mean because because he asks it already in this in this chapter and so this is a lot of bouncing around but i mean this, this is kind of how these things go they're very interrelated um but you know they're at the end right for what have i to do with judging outsiders in verse 12 right it is not those inside the church whom you are to judge so so why is he saying that um well he gives the the leaven illustration but like in the next uh few chapters he'll be developing this Ultimately, it's because the church is one body, and we've kind of already had this language a little bit that the church is like a temple, right? We're all you know, stones in this temple, but if, when we look at it that way, we, we see that when my brother, that is to say my fellow Christian, right, in my congregation particularly, sins, right, or, or does something like this even, um, that's like, I mean, that's my body over there that's done this. 
Like I yes. can't look at it as like, oh well. I mean, see, that's just the thing. Like I'm kind of contrasting it with what we were talking about earlier. Like, oh well, that's like that that guy over there. It's like, oh, it's only that one in our congregation. It's no big deal. I mean, like we we can't think about it. Like you have to think of it as if he goes and sins like that. It's like I have committed that sin. Um, we're we're all part of the same body. My body has done this. This has happened. And, and if we thought of it that way, we would be mourning. We, we would not have for a moment this kind of arrogant reaction of like, you know, how dare you? I would never do that. Well, the thing is, you have already done that because that's you over there. And, and, and seeing it that way, I, I mean, it just it just changes the perspective. And yeah, it moves us from anger to sorrow. And, and can you see how important that is, that that is the heart of, of uh, 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 excommunication, uh, of church discipline, that, that it is not a matter of, oh, well, this is a bad guy. We just need to get rid of him, you know, so that we can yeah. be okay. But, but no, this is our brother, and, and this saddens us. And we really are concerned about him because we know if he continues in this practice, uh, he's going to go to hell. He is. And that's the last thing we want to happen to anybody, right? Even God doesn't desire the death of the wicked, but they would repent and live. And I wonder how sorrowful God is, like when he sent the flood and he realized that he was going to destroy all the living creatures. That had to be an incredibly horrible, sad thing for God. What mourning he must have done over that. And I suppose that's why he waited 400 years before he did it. But yeah. but uh, uh, yeah, and so when you've got that this understanding, then then you see that well we have to act. That's what love calls us to do is is to act and to to cast the man off and to turn him over. And and the turning over to Satan is really important because when we excommunicate, what we're basically saying to a person is you're going to hell. And it's not what we're saying, but we we need to talk about that too. How you work that and who actually says it. Because it's yeah. not weird that saying it, but it's the Lord Jesus Christ who's saying that. And by God, that's the last thing we want to happen to you. But well, how can it, we communicate that to people? We're doing it not because we think we're better than them, yeah. uh, because we're puffed up, but because there's there's real sincere love. Well, I guess so we've got to look at our own hearts and ask ourselves, is that why we're doing it? Well, yeah. Well, no, yeah, no, 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 that, that's right. And And talking about, you know, how this is communicated and how it's done— and uh, by whose authority it's done. These are, this is really, really important to understand. So this kind of gets also, too, about one of the questions that came in was like, what's the distinction between, you know, shunning or excommunication and, and things like this? So like what you were mentioning you know, earlier, we, um, at least in our, our Lutheran tradition, we, we tend to like talk about the minor ban and the, the major ban, right? Right. Um, where and where the major band is excommunication, right? Where it's just like a, it's like a total like, no, that that's it. You are, like like you were saying, um, you, you could paraphrase it as you're going to hell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, you know, none of us probably would actually paraphrase it that way, but that <laughs> that, that is that is a kind of basic way of putting it, perhaps. Um, but then there's also this this minor band though. Uh, which is which is not meant to say necessarily like you know you're you know be gone but but it is like saying like hey look if you continue on this way that's where this is going to go right um and and so there are all these different um levels uh in that sense but either way these are things that are done by the pastor uh not because the pastor has some kind of magic power um or something like that 
but because the, the pastor is the one who exercises the public office of the keys. That's to say he he's exercising um, uh, publicly, that is to say, as if on behalf of the entire congregation, as if on behalf of the entire church, in the name of the Lord Jesus, these things. And and so when we when we look at it that way, you can see why Paul's spelling this out. So look what he says in verse 4. When you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus, and my spirit is present. Right? I mean, that, that's that's quite a, a buildup that's that's really like fronted in there in, in, in his language. And so his his point is like you you don't just start saying like you, you don't just start giving this this guy the stink eye in the parking lot, right? You you, 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 you don't just like stop inviting him to potlucks, right? Like you, you don't no. like like you don't just like take it upon yourself just to like you just start being mean or something. Uh, no, what, like you're, like you you get together in public worship, like you know, it, like on Sunday, right? And, and there you all are, and like in solemn assembly, like the church, like you know, recognizes this and hears this, and the pastor in front of everybody says, you know, um, yeah, all of this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, you know, and 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 so that I think is, I mean, it's pretty mind blowing, I think, to me because I can't even. I don't even think I've ever even heard of this actually being done, um, but it, yeah, it's, it's supposed to be done uh, publicly as as a whole congregation. Yeah, it's because it's not just a, between me and you. That that's yeah. the thing. So if I give you the stink eye, then that's just a problem between me and you. Right. But this is a problem between the person and the Lord Jesus Christ and the body of Christ, which is the the church. And so you're right, and I, and I love that verse, when you are assembled. So even though the Apostle Paul is an apostle, and even though he can make this judgment, and he does make this judgment, and he tells them they need to act on his judgment, yet yeah. he doesn't act, they have to act. They have to assemble. They have to do this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and, and I think the thing we need to note here is actually we do practice this. We practice this almost every Sunday because the pastor gets up in front of us and he says in the name, by the command and by the stead of the Lord Jesus Christ, That's right. I forgive you your sins. That's right. See? That's right. Uh, mm -hmm. But what we forget is there's also a flip side of that where yeah. there is no repentance, when someone is doing something openly, publicly, I think that's key here too. This is not some secret sin that's going on in the background somewhere. This right. is one that is known well by all. And then you did, and, and apparently the guy's not repentant, uh, at least not at this point. Yeah, then you have to say it the same way, in the name and the stead, the command of the Lord Jesus Christ. No, you, 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 <laughs> what did Jesus say? You loose and you bind. You forgive and you not forgive. And when you do it here on earth, it's being done in heaven. So that's where all this is coming from. This is coming from those passages in Matthew and in John, where Jesus says that's the responsibility of the church. Right. Of well, course, yeah, and, and, that, you, and that, it, that text, of course, right, if you can't sort it yeah. out, like a, a problem between the two of you, then you take it, uh, you bring one or two others along, right? And then if that doesn't work, you, you take it to the church. Uh, idea being right here in verse 4, when you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus, right? And the thing is, you emphasized before, AJ, why are you doing this? That his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. You're not doing it because you want to make the church a better place by getting rid of all the bad guys, but you're doing it because you truly hope that this man will see, hey, even even pagans don't do this. I guess maybe I have transgressed against the Lord. And then you lovingly restore him and extend him you, the same forgiveness that's yeah. extended to you every Sunday. 
So, so I think I think that's like maybe we should we should like kind of zero in on that just a little bit here. I mean, it's very interesting the way they like the, the exact language. So you were you were mentioning earlier the word um, deliver this man. So it, it's not like we like you know put like postage on him address you know hell. <laughs> um, no, but like you you uh, you you hand him over, you give him up, you surrender him. Um, is is the is the phrase? This is actually the word that's used for the Lord Jesus being betrayed and handed over. Um, but oh, but the boy. idea is is that it's it's uh, like someone already wants him, right? And, and yeah. you just let let that person have him, right? So like the authorities were after Jesus, and so it's like okay, here take him. Um, and so similarly here, it's like Satan wants this guy. Clearly, he's he's doing this. So 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 that that might be kind of like the, the back door to what you were saying about like the passive for like puffed up, like in that in that sense that how Satan's involved. Um, but but so it's like Satan's after this guy, and you know what? You let him have him. You let him have him. Um, and for what? For the destruction of the flesh, which we just got to talk about. Like, because, like, what does that mean, right? Because, I mean, clearly, the flip side is easier to understand, you know, so that the spirit uh, be saved on the day of the Lord. I think we kind of get that idea that uh, the the hope, the outcome is that he repents. I, I mean, I think is the clear enough idea here. So we're actually hoping that Satan, whatever this destruction is, it's going to bring the guy to repentance like you were saying like where he says like oh yeah no i really shouldn't have done that like you think of like the prodigal son right so called yes. um coming yes. to his senses right perfect but example so, that's right yeah yeah but so like what, what exactly does that destruction of the flesh uh mean well let, let me just i just that's got a notification here i'll let you let you uh formulate an excellent answer for that john but we got james on the phone here uh i wanted to let him call in bring in a question or comment here good morning james good to hear from you how are you i'm doing well and good to hear from both of you um i'd like to ask oh well parse these questions this way and i want to direct it to our vintage experienced <laughs> parish pastor <laughs> the first one you know because uh we were wondering um if excommunication or ostracism is still affected and uh, practical these days in dealing with sin, since congregants, you know, they're kind of vagabondish. They move mm-hmm. around, or they may even join a, a different yeah. denomination. How effective or practical is uh, excommunication or ostracism in today's church? And that's for our vintage pastor yeah. and for our uh, moderator, uh, is there an academic discipline within practical theology that examines, you know, religious mores, how they change, and the practices of uh, congregants when we're talking about or trying to understand things like concupiscence? Yeah, those are both really good questions, James. Thanks. And uh, and I really also appreciate your diction. Um, <laughs> the the, the <laughs> I like so you basically we have a question about vagabonds for the vintage one so all right you start well well okay so so the answer is of course it's practical uh, it's exactly what the Bible uh, says we should do and the Bible is immensely practical 
Um, and, and, and what we would do is whenever there would be a situation like that, right away we would communicate to all of our area pastors yep. and we would say to them, hey, you know, we've done this, you need to know, do this. We would ask your support and help and back us up on that. And of course, if other pastors would do that, then, then it makes it more effective. Uh, James, on the other hand, you're right. I, you could just wander off and go someplace else, and no one probably would know that that's the case. I'm sure that would be the situation there. You might not find another Christian church, but you could certainly go to, to the Church of Aphrodite or somewhere else if you wanted to worship. That's a constant problem. Uh, but I'm, I'm hoping that if this is done rightly and appropriately in, in the way that Paul does it, if it's done with a sense of mourning, uh, that the guy won't be able to avoid it. His conscience will be thinking about what has been said and done to him. If you treated him like a brother, and if you treated him not so much that, oh, we're so much superior to you, and you just are doing these things that we don't like, and, and you can, can do it in a way, man, we really love you, and this is really a concern, uh, I, I think it'll make a difference. But the yeah. sad thing is, James, I would have to confess to you, in my 40 years of ministry, I, I, I never did it. And that's a confession. I mean that. That's a confession. That is what I will stand before the Lord and be thankful for the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Because that was a sin on my part. See, I should not. I should have done that differently. And well, thank God for the grace that we have or this, this business that we have later. Amen. For Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. That's the only way you can pull this off is the understanding that Christ has been sacrificed for you. Otherwise, no one would dare to discipline someone else because we all would standard in the judgment of God, as Paul talks about. It's only right. in the sacrifice of Christ that we would have the, the love to actually right. say to someone else, you know what, this, this needs to be tended to, this needs to be dealt with because Christ has been sacrificed for that sin as well. Yeah. A a amen. Well, it just, it just gets us back to this idea that we're all one body, and so when these sins yes. happen at all, we have all sinned. I, I mean, we, we, have to, we have to see it that way. And so when, when it comes time to then do this church discipline stuff, th this, is, this is not like, oh, hey, you messed up, so you got to fix this. you gotta, you got to yes. repent. No, we all need to repent. And when we do church discipline, that is our way of repenting. Right. I mean, the, the, the person involved is going to need to, like, stop doing the thing. Right. Yes, I mean, that, yes. that's primarily what they need to do for their repentance. But our part of the repentance for our part of the sin. Right. Is, is this church discipline thing. I mean, so we, we got to think of it as that, that like we have done wrong and we need to repent. And, and so this this is what we're, we're doing in step with that. Um, this is what we're doing because of what we've done wrong, uh, which I think is usually and helpfully, I think, if we think about it in terms of omission, right? Like, so why is this person going and doing this thing? Is it not because we failed to be a good example? Is it not because we failed to show this person love and grace? Is it not because we failed to teach this person? I, I mean, like, you, you just go down the list, right? I mean, I mean, it's not just an imagined kind of collective, larger personality thing. It, it's, no, we really do. There, there's a real need for repentance. And I think that going up a level yet, our our whole you know our whole synod and probably the entirety of Western Christianity really needs to repent on this because we have just gone along with the individualism of our day and just just turned uh, turned a blind eye on all this stuff and we just said you know what you sorted out your conscience whatever and we've gone along with it as a church and it's time for all of us to repent and and do so with with not with this you know I I don't know this this kind of like 
this kind of like triumphalistic, like, oh, we're, we're not going to go along with this. You all are, you know, going to, you know, hell in a handbasket, but we're, we're doing something different. No, but as you were saying, with, with mourning, because it, it's, it's to our shame that we haven't been doing this all along, all of us. And, and, and I think it is, it's exactly because we underappreciate, right, that God uses Satan for his own purposes. I mean, we, we have, we have, and ironically, in our, in our, in our society, I, I I mean, yeah, we, I guess I, I could say we, we've in some ways idolized Satan and said like Satan's some kind of like, you know, anti-God, right? Like that he's the one who, who is the purveyor of all these, uh, you know, passing concupiscent pleasures, right? And it's just kind of like, he, he does all this bad stuff and then God does all this good stuff. But no, God uses Satan for his ends, this destruction of the flesh. I, I, I think, we have to allow this to happen. This is this is a this is a tool that God uses, and He needs to be using it on us. As scary as a thing that is, to say, you know that the what you just said there, AJ, just struck struck me. So if we have that attitude that it's really all of our sin, but we're really sad about this, then this whole idea of ostra of shunning. Yeah. Um, no, we wouldn't really do that, would we? we? We'd say, no, I'm sorry, you can't come. You can't be part of what we're doing here as a church, this supper, because no, this, no, what you're doing is wrong. We can't affirm that. But on the other hand, wouldn't we in every opportunity want to be part of this person's life and to be in contact with them so as to say, I still love you. <laughs> I right. still want you to be part of the fellowship we have here. So it seems to me it would be almost a totally different attitude than what you see in some of the sects where literally, oh, I'm not going to have anything to do with you. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to cross on the other side of the street when I see you. And maybe that's what Paul is alluding to later on in the letter when he says, I, I, I didn't write not to associate with these people because right. <laughs> you have to associate with them. It's just right. that no longer can they be part of, of, the, of the festival, of the meal. Because right. we, no, we can't affirm that what they're doing is right. That isn't right. Yeah. Uh, and just look was, at just look at the way that yeah. Paul himself like conducts himself with with non Christians, right? With yeah. respect, with love, with kindness. I, I mean that that's how we you know tr tr let's treat him like an outsider. Well, that's a pretty good standard of treating people. <laughs> for, if you're a Christian, yeah. <laughs> for, for for other religions, treat him like an outsider might be a really bad thing. But treat him like an outsider if you're a Christian is like it means treat him pretty well. Yes, um, exactly. But, love him. But, but but you know this idea. I think destruction of the flesh. Um, you know we see the the words flesh doesn't mean just body. So it's not as if it's like well just let him do that because he's gonna get AIDS or something. I think I think the idea no. is that you know you will you will see right through this kind of suffering that just naturally happens. Um, and so, yeah, it, it is practical, like you were saying, and it's it's why we gotta, you know, come together. I think as a broader church, um, in in repentance, uh, all of us, uh, because of Christ's own goodness for us as well as them. So, thank you, brother. Very difficult thank stuff, you, but with great conversation. Everybody, that was Pastor John Lekomsky. We're moving on to Chapter 6. Till then, I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. Peace. Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.